0: When you have a sleep problem, it's awful. When my anxiety symptoms were at their worst, it caused significant shortness of breath. And you know, if you can't breathe, it's really hard to sleep. So my sleep definitely suffered. But then in turn, the rest of my life suffered too. I was tired. I didn't want to cook and eat healthy. I didn't want to exercise. I was moody. It affected my relationships. And the lack of sleep made it harder and harder for me to heal. Studies suggest that approximately 40% of adults experience some type of sleep disorder symptom. And those with severe problems are at a higher risk of chronic disease. Why are so many suffering with this? What's the best way to handle it? And if sleep problems are not dealt with well, what kind of problems does it lead to? In this episode, Dr. Wendy Davis joins me to talk through this topic. She is a brilliant naturopathic doctor in Canada. Practicing for over 19 years, she has a lot of experience with patients and their sleep problems. So much so that in her own line of teas, essential oils, and supplements, many of those products address the sleep issue. We talk about at least 10 reasons why this is such a huge problem, but we also discuss 10 ways to make it better. A better night's sleep might just be at the end of this episode. Welcome to the Daily Wellness Podcast, where you can learn about healthy living and be inspired to take the next step in your wellness journey. Dr. Wendy, I'm so thankful for you joining us today. And I want to pick your brain on all kinds of things about sleep. (laughs) I have lots of questions, but I really wanted to start um, with just finding out like what kind of sleep problems you typically see as a practitioner, like in your practice, what are some common sleep issues that people are coming to you with?
1: I mean, usually in in my intake, when I talk about people's sleep, like it's like, can you do you have problems falling asleep or do you have problems staying asleep? Because that really is the issue. And then some people, of course, wake up too early, but that's the whole staying asleep piece. Um, and so that's that really is crucial. And so, um, I mean, there's a number of things that will impact sleep like and and sleep is on its own. Like insomnia is a problem, but it can also be a sign of other problems. So. Sometimes it's a symptom and sometimes it's actually the concern. And so it's really a matter of figuring out because as a naturopathic doctor, I'm not all about just giving a green pill. Like I don't want to just, you know, you're having problems while you're on zoplicone. We're going to give you, you know, something else because really there's nothing in naturopathic medicine that's as powerful as a lot of conventional um, medical sleep aids. But it's figuring out why is there a sleep problem in the first place? And that, that's my whole goal is getting to the root cause. Like, how many people? Like, is it pretty common? Probably. Oh, boy. You know, it's funny, because I think about, um, I have a dispensary, or I have supplements that I carry. And I like to sort of look at, you know, the ratio of how many, you know, supplements I have for different conditions, and I have significant supplements for sleep issues. So I would say, on the range, I'd at least say 80% of people nowadays, and I'm being generous, like there's a lot. Of, and I mean, and maybe it's not every single night, but it might be, you know, around a woman's menstrual cycle, or it might be a couple of times a week. But on the whole, if I have a patient that says, oh, no, sleep's great. I am floored often.
0: Yeah. And kind of before we, you fill us in on, like, how to deal with that, like, why is sleep important? Like, what does sleep do for us? Like, why should we be thinking about this and making it a priority?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I always say, you know, if I could develop a pill that would give you the feeling of a really good night's sleep, I'd be a jillionaire because it is so crucial like if you you know you think about the some of the the top five things that are really important for health sleep is one of those you cannot be truly healthy um if you're not sleeping well and so you know sleep is when our brain detoxes it's actually when we get to sort of lay down memories and you know people that don't sleep very well they they find they're forgetful yes they're forgetful because they're tired but they're forgetful because they actually haven't laid down and solidified memories um so our brain gets toxic um and so then you have, you know, brain fog and people just start thinking and their moods are terrible. Uh, it's also when our body recovers. And so, um, you know, I've done triathlons and I'm a runner. And, you know, oftentimes with training, like people think, oh, it's the running that you actually do that's that's important. But in fact, it's the rest and recovery that allows your body to make use of all the training or allows your body to make use of the, the good foods you're eating. So... You know, rest is it's sort of like yin and yang. You know, you have to do the work, but then you have to recover from the work, and so that is truly why sleep is so important. It it helps to regulate hormones, moods, metabolism. You know, as soon as we get sleep deprived, we start craving all sorts of things. As soon as we're sleep deprived, we come become magnesium deficient. So it really is um, important on a number of different levels.
0: Yeah, that's really fascinating because I, you know, you pe- hear people talk about brain fog and things like that. And I, you know, you're also talking about root causes. I just, I never really honestly thought about that as, you know, related to sleep. I never thought about that as your brain detoxing. That's really fascinating. Yeah. So why, I mean, why are people having so many problems? Like why do 80% of your clients (laughs) have sleep? Like what's our deal? (laughs) Well,
1: I mean, it's, the list is long. So stress is one. Absolutely. So when we are stressed, our body produces um, a hormone called cortisol. And so cortisol is that survival hormone. So 25, you know, 30,000 years ago, survival meant running away from lions and tigers or a famine or a really like hard time. And so, you know, if you're running away from lions and tigers, you probably don't want to get into a really deep sleep. So when we have high cortisol, our melatonin, which is the sleep hormone, it decreases. And so high levels of stress will, you know, pump out that cortisol, really decrease melatonin. And we need melatonin to get into that, you know, to fall asleep and stay asleep. So stress is huge. Um, Pain is a big thing. Patients that have, you know, chronic shoulder pain or joint pain. So, you know, some of my patients that have rheumatoid arthritis or a lot of these autoimmune conditions, sleep is definitely impacted. Um, Diet and nutrition is huge. So some people, um, because intermittent fasting is so big or some of these different diets, if you actually don't eat enough carbohydrates later in the afternoon or evening you actually stop producing serotonin which is a precursor to melatonin and then you can't fall asleep so some people i actually say you know what you hear the adage oh don't eat after supper don't eat after dinner because it's going to impact your well they actually don't say it's going to impact your sleep they say it's for people trying to lose weight but truly if i have some of my patients that are not sleeping and they're not eating you know 3 or 4 hours before bed i'm like have a bedtime snack that is going to help so much um The other thing is with diet is is yo-yoing blood sugar levels. And so some people will fall asleep, but then they wake up too early because their blood sugars drop. And so having a snack or having more consistent diet with more protein and fats goes a long way to help our sleep. Um, And then hormones, of course, are another thing like um, women, when they get into perimenopause or menopause, some of those drop in the estrogen levels, um, progesterone, even testosterone really impact sleep. I do a lot with um, hormone therapy actually in my my patients and progesterone is actually a precursor to a neurotransmitter called GABA and GABA is that like relaxing brain chemical and it's it's very sedative and so if we as women go through perimenopause and menopause if they're not producing enough progesterone they're not getting that GABA they're not getting that brain relaxation and so they just don't fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So there is a number of of reasons which is exactly why one sleep remedy isn't going to fix it for everybody because it yeah. really is all about you know, what's what's going on
0: yeah you've talked about you know the estrogen and um cortisol like could it really be any hormone issue affecting your sleep or are there just certain ones really i, I mean i've been thinking of friends with like thyroid issues and things like that that have trouble sleeping is it kind of tailored yeah. to hormones
1: no and i do a lack of hormone testing in my practice absolutely because um even though people that have low thyroid are very, very tired, once we get the thyroid regulated, they find they actually sleep better. So it could absolutely be, you know, yeah, it can. it's a number of hormones for sure. What do you think about exercise, the connection with exercise? It's individual. I think most people sleep better if they have exercise. So they just sort of, you know, burn off calories. But you have to be careful the type of exercise and when you do it sometimes that will um, cause more like cortisol to be elevated at night. So that's going impact, to impact sleep
0: there. Yeah. And then could you elaborate on the diet part of it a little bit more? Uh, I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what I need to be eating.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Well, nutrition is absolutely the foundation of my practice. Um, I truly believe food is medicine or it's a slow form of poison and I think there is such a vast lack of education and then the what we are just exposed to constantly in marketing in the grocery stores is criminal I'll be quite honest I don't I've stopped just sort of trying to beat around the bush because I just see so much pain and suffering that is caused by poor diet and then people do miraculous change like they have incredible changes when they just clean up their diet so the biggest thing is sugar. Sugar is kryptonite. It is poison. We do not need it. You could live the rest of your life and not have sugar and be completely fine. And so sugar being simple carbohydrates, it could be the gummy bears and the muffins, and the cookies, but it's, it's some of the foods that convert into sugars um, play, you know, they all fall into that category. And so really, truly um, trying to focus at every single meal, having a good protein, having a good fat, because that is going to keep our blood sugar stable that's going to guarantee that you're getting good nutrients. It it's it really is. It's simple, but it's not always easy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and sure. So, it, you know, when I get people on, you know, making some diet modifications, their energy better, their sleep is better, their mood's better because everything just falls into place. Like, again, if we have that root cause, the body's one unit. It's not like we need to look at your left shoulder and your right kidney and your stomach. Like, it, you start to put things together and everything falls into place usually. I mean, yes, there's extended circumstances, but diet is always the foundation because you cannot out supplement and you cannot out medicate a poor diet.
0: Yeah. So another one I have questions about just from a personal perspective mm-hmm. is mental health and the connection with sleep. Like, Because I have experienced like my worst sleep when my anxiety was at its worst. And I, I don't know if you had seen that much. Yeah, and it works,
1: you know, it goes both ways. So, I mean, anxiety is definitely going to wrap up that cortisol. And so your body just vibrates. You cannot get into a deep sleep. Um, and it just it exacerbates. I mean, if you've had two or three poor sleeps in a row, even if you're not stressed about anything, you're definitely not going to feel very good. Um, but that being said, too, if you aren't sleeping very well, it can then produce some anxiety and produce mood problems. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a, I don't know if it's a chicken and egg scenario, but it absolutely. And, and I do wish it was something that and my sister's a conventional medical doctor. So by no means is it us against them. It's just two different paradigms, two ways of looking at things. But I do wish that there was a little bit more investigation when people had sleep problems or when people have mood problems. Maybe they're like, well, how are you sleeping? Well, I have a new baby and I haven't slept for three months or, you know, I have a new dog or we're renovating or, you know, and so maybe they're not anxious or depressed because it's
0: that's the main root cause, it's because other things aren't working, yeah, I agree. That's a great point. I think that lack of sleep or bad sleep is getting so common that we don't even think of it as a problem so much, you know, it's just like,, oh, I didn't sleep good. I'm not sleeping good. I think there's some reason why I have a kid or I just started a new job or I'm under a lot of stress or have a lot on my mind. you know, but really, if we could stop when we notice the bad sleep and get to the root of that, we would really prevent a lot of things down the road. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So what what advice would you give someone if they were in a place where <laughs> their sleep is really hindering quality of life?
1: Gosh, well, a really good sleep routine is important. So first of all, I would even back up a step and say, you know, how much sleep is someone getting? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's the, the number sort of thrown around and it's sort of seven to nine hours generally. There is some research to show like as we, when we're younger, we need more sleep. We need slightly less as, as we get older. But generally for most sort of functioning adults, like seven to nine hours is key. So if you have to be up at six o'clock in the morning, you can't be going to sleep at midnight. You know, you have to actually give yourself the ability to be in bed for a number of hours. So that's the first thing I always say, like, try to get into into bed earlier. Um, and then the second thing is the blue lights like and, you know, screens are endemic. We're not getting rid of them. But I really try to say to people like limit that blue light right before bed. So if you think about like, you know, our watches, our phones, our screens, our tablets, all TVs, any of that stuff, it emits that blue light, which if you think about 25,000 years ago, blue light was first thing in the morning, you get out of bed, the sun shining. And then that orange glow would have been the fire that would have been the calming thing Mm -hmm. that so orange light at night is very important. And so I will sometimes recommend people use those salt lamps, have those in the bedroom or also very dim lighting um, don't have a lot of high um, like overhead fluorescent lights at night but you want like lamps that you want low light in the evening so just get your body producing melatonin is key some people will even wear um, blue light blocking blocking glasses later the latter part of the day so that their brain is actually already producing some of that melatonin so sleep hygiene like the routine is is really important um and then like i said diet some people need to eat right before bed some people don't need to eat so it's playing around with that like if you are consistently snacking right up before you go to bed and you're not sleeping well maybe give yourself an hour or two so so diet that way and then just looking at what you're consistently eating um and then i would often say that they'll exercise either in the morning or earlier in the evening like not you know exercise have shower go to bed like I do think you need to have your body sort of calm down Um, I do recommend people do some deep breathing or meditation or prayer um, right before bed, if that's what they need, just to sort of bring that cortisol, those stress hormones down. I think that's really important. Um, And then I also do use supplementation. I mean, I have lots of it. So I use a lot of it. Um, And I will find magnesium wonderful. Most people are magnesium deficient. Um, because our soil is getting depleted. If you have any processed grains or a lot of processed foods, there's typically not a lot of magnesium. And as we become sleep deprived, our body uses up magnesium like crazy. We need magnesium for over 200 different reactions in our body. And some of that is the the stress response. So magnesium is very important. You just have to be quite careful that you get a really good type of magnesium. Um, And you don't take too much because magnesium can cause some digestive problems.
0: Yeah,
1: Um, A lot of different kinds of magnesium. Right? There's tons. There's absolutely yeah. tons. A really good one would be magnesium bisglycinate. Um, glycine is a calming neurotransmitter. So if you have the magnesium and the glycine, that works really well. Um, so yeah, magnesium's key. I also do use melatonin. And I find too, as women get into uh, perimenopause, menopause, or even men in like andropause, we produce less melatonin as we age. Melatonin is an amazing antioxidant. I know there's a lot of you know questions or concerns if I take melatonin is my body going to stop producing it absolutely not so like so if you don't take the melatonin and you have the like in your you know your brain is able to produce melatonin it will so you don't have to worry about like down regulating your natural production um and in fact it is such a strong antioxidant for some of my cancer patients I give really high dose melatonin for that reason so um so that would be you know some of the supplementation. And then and I. I have um, a tea line that I've developed, actually, Harmony Tea Co. And so I actually have a deep sleep tea, which I love. (laughs) It sounds wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Um, And then oils. I'm a big fan of essential oils as well, um, because I find, too, that's something else that a lot of scents will keep people up. And so... You know, if you've had a really strong-smelling dinner or meal later in the day, and your house smells like to have some of those calming scents in in the bedroom um, will really help. Lavender, being the one that most people know about, but yeah, I've developed some different blends as well because you know our our sense of smell goes instantly to the brain. It's one of our most primal um, senses, and so essential oils are incredibly safe and super effective. So, So, those would be some of the things that I'd recommend.
0: Um, off the top. Kind of hit on doing things internally, but then also some external things that you could promote good sleep with.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's a combination and and people sort of need to try different things to figure out what works for them.
0: Yeah. So I was thinking about that, like, you know, a thousand years ago, they didn't have like luxury mattresses and pillows. (laughs) So it probably is more about getting your body ready to sleep than where your body sleeps necessarily. (laughs) that's a really good point actually yeah you're right yeah um one thing you talked about with the blue light is that connected like is there a similarity with blue light and emfs and all of that and how that affects your body would that play into your sleep cycle
1: it really does yeah so the uh, blue lights are slightly different than ems but EMFs would be like your wi-fi and uh, like that's the big thing and then like, our watches our phones that kind of thing um, but yeah, my niece, actually, she cannot sleep if the Wi-Fi is not turned off at night. Like it actually causes such a disturbance in her body. Um, and, you know, we sort of think, oh, that's crazy. Like, that does make sense. You know, you can't but because we can't see it. We don't think it's an issue. But I just tell people, well, you're pressing numbers on a phone. You don't see how and then you're talking to someone in Tokyo. Right. Like, so that's invisible, but it's still frequency. It's still energy. Something's working. Um, and it's that same wi-fi and so for some people that are really sensitive that can absolutely impact um the other thing too that for more people that live like i live very rurally so luckily i don't have this but in more urban centers is if there's power lines that go over the house sometimes if those are like over the over the bedrooms that will actually be cause some problems or even just over the bed so people just find you know moving their bedroom around or um i don't do any kind of feng shui but just like the the um, orientation of furniture in the room, believe it or not, can actually help people or hinder people from sleeping.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking a lot of things that you're suggesting are really pretty easy to try. You yep. know, like we we have our Wi-Fi on a timer, so it just goes off at a certain time every night and kicks back on in the morning <laughs> so that we awesome. can work. But I mean, that would be such an easy thing. Like, think about, you know, you mentioned your niece. I'm, if, if parents are listening and their kids are trouble yeah, having trouble sleeping, that that would be a really easy thing to try absolutely yeah
1: and i mean especially to it too with kids um like there's now a lot of like kid friendly supplements so you can get gummies and you can get powder so you can try some of these as well with kids um because i do find they're just so super stimulated they're always i mean depending on there's, there's a lot of the phones tablets and so you know the melatonin works very very well with kids
0: So if we're trying some of these things on our own and still not seeing a lot of improvement, would the next step be trying to work with a practitioner like you and getting some tests done? We think that would be for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And some of
1: the testing we can do is really easy. Like there's um, a very, very simple urine test. Actually, there's no blood, nothing like that. And it can test for your melatonin and cortisol levels. And it also can look at is there neuroinflammation, Is there gut? dysbiosis or gut problems is there hormonal issues going on so it's yeah it's called the dutch test i use it all the time i mean it's primarily sort of people think hormone but i mean hormones are are everything so yeah testing for sure and then just literally trying to peel back the layers like what is going on and and luckily like i said it's it's often very easy or it's very simple again but making some of the changes aren't always as easy
0: yeah that's true I mean, you you just mentioned gut health. So that made me think of some other questions I had. I mean, we've already talked about diet, which is very much related to gut health. But I mean, your gut health is connected to your inflammation levels, right? So well, I'm, I'm just yeah. thinking like that's got to affect our sleep as well.
1: Well, there's, a, there's a, a saying or a term called the gut-brain axis, actually. And so what a lot of people don't realize is that um, serotonin, um, like some of those neurotransmitters, 80% of them are actually made in our gut. And so you need serotonin to be the precursor to melatonin. So if people have really bad gut health, no, no kidding. I mean, yes, they might not be sleeping because their stomach's hurt, but they're also maybe not sleeping because they're not even be able to produce some of the precursors to the hormones we need to sleep. And that whole anxiety gut piece like that, it's like a two way street. It doesn't just go one way. Um, and I would, you know, my so diet is the the foundation, but the next piece for me is is gut health, because you are what you eat, but you are what you digest and absorb. And so if your gut health is not good, everything else kind of falls apart. Um, your mental health, your physical health, everything.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I, I think a lot of people listening could really benefit from so many of these tips that you're giving us. And like I said, I think so many of them are really easily easy to implement. But I also just want to encourage people to go ahead and take that next step of Absolutely. getting help if you need it like there is no shame in reaching out Our for help and you know we have dr wendy here we have so many people that can help you and um it just affects quality of life so much and Absolutely. i think it's such an important topic and you know area of your life to get under control because it affects everything that you do okay what well, one other question that i had was um about CBD, <laughs> what is your? I've seen CBD used a lot for sleep issues. What is your opinion on that?
1: It does work really well for some people, um, and some people will do the CBD with a bit of THC for sleep. So that way, if they do feel a little bit loopy, they don't have to worry about it. They can sleep through it. Um, there is some research to show, though, that long-term CBD use can actually negatively impact sleep. So. If someone has to take it every single night, it could potentially cause some long-term issues. I don't know how long that is. Is that three weeks or three months or three years? I'm not sure. Um, but I do think that medicinal uses of cannabis is, are terrific. Like, I think it's awesome because it's, yeah, just in so many different, you know, forms and for patient concerns, like for cancer care and and pain, it's it's really, really effective. And it does work for sleep for some people. Um, you do just, and I I... I don't prescribe it. I don't know as much as I should, but there are different strains that work a little bit better. Um, And I believe it's the indica
0: that tends to be a little bit more calming and sedating. Okay. So as you've worked with people through their sleep issues and all their other health, I mean, has that impacted? I mean, that's got it. Like we said, it's kind of a downward slope for the negative, but if you get it better, like, is it an upward climb? It's just helping everything else get better. Yeah.
1: Well, people have the ability to focus and they have the energy to focus on what the next thing is so if they're so tired because they're not sleeping they're probably not eating well they're probably not exercising their mental health isn't great you don't really feel like doing anything when you're walking that's out through <laughs> a fog all the time so yeah so i mean you could be doing everything but if you're not sleeping your health is really not going to be all there
0: mm. that's so true that's yeah. awesome okay well i have three questions that i always ask everyone um And the first is, what healthy living resource would you recommend if somebody wanted to take next steps? So I thought, if you don't mind, could you just share about how people could reach out to you and what your resources and products are?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. So I am available or there on social media. So um, Instagram and Facebook, I also have a website. Um, On the website, I do sell a whack of products, but I have developed um, a line of teas, actually. So Harmony Tea Co., and it started, I can't believe how many years ago it started. It's sort of just puts along there, but it's been, it's a labor of love. It's been so enjoyable. I actually uh, formulated the blends myself. Um, and I love when I'm like putting them in bags, it just smells so good. So, anyhow, they cover a range. There's one line that's all sort of hormone focused, and the other one is just kind of like everything focused. So, that's the teas. Um, and then there are essential oils as well. Things that I wanted to have easily accessible for people that were healthy and safe because oftentimes people think oh it's natural it's got to be safe which is not the case arsenic is also natural
0: and so you know, yes. it's terrible
1: <laughs> so um yeah so i think that i hope that answered the question and i do have a, a a small line of supplements that i've developed on my own just to kind of fill the void i find that if i can have if i if i really don't like people taking you know 43 supplements a day like i find that just gets overwhelming and it's expensive and people don't feel well taking that much so what I've tried to do is if there are combinations or if there's something missing, I've been able to formulate it. So I do have a, a small line of, of supplements that I sell as well as all. And I do sell professional ones. Um. So as far as. Yeah, so that's sort of where you can access me. But I would say, you know, what's a good healthy hack? Buy some real food cookbooks mm. or like actually have those resources so that, you, you know, you because, you know, the bane of our existence is, oh, man, we come home after work and we're tired. We don't know what to cook. And so, a cookbook and meal planning like that is if you you know is what's the saying if you, um, if you don't plan then you plan to fail or something if you fail to plan you plan to fail yes. um, and I really would say that um, like having those those resources there um, so yeah some good good cookbooks and there's they seem so old school now because everyone's on Pinterest and all these but I'm like I love having a cookbook
0: yes <laughs> I love mine too I have like three or four that
1: I just love yep. You do it through the rotation. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
0: Okay. Next question is, what is your favorite healthy snack? I am
1: a big fan of um, dehydrated apple slices and nut butter. So we have a dehydrator and we got this ridiculous big dehydrator. And all I do, I swear, is dehydrate apple slices. <laughs> so I chop them up and coat them in some lemon juice and cinnamon. And then I will put nut butter on them. And I need to like sometimes freeze the nut butter so that I can stay away from it because I will eat so much. But I love that. I just it's it's very healthy and it's easy and it's quick and it just sort
0: of hits that void. Yeah, and you get your protein and fat and all everything. That's right. Snack. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And then the last question is, who would you love to see as a guest on the Daily Wellness Podcast?
1: Yeah, I know. I I've, I'm like, how many am allowed to suggest? Because I have <laughs> some phenomenal women in my life, um, and they're. There's one woman who is a cancer survivor that her story is just so wonderful. Nancy Wozniak, I adore her as a human and just her tenacity and everything she's gone through. Um, just phenomenal. And then I also um have a friend who's just written a book and her name's Llewellyn Melnick. I live in rural Saskatchewan and so she lives in rural Manitoba, which is just um just to the east of us. And she's written a really great book about mental health in rural Canada and rural farmland because it's it is stressful. We have, you know, you're so dependent on the animals and the weather and like all of that kind of thing. And so she's done a, a just a phenomenal job for really getting that mental health piece out there to say it's it's not a weakness because farmers are still kind of t- you know think they're all tough um, to talk about it. So she's terrific. And then lastly, because I find this so fascinating, a friend of mine, um, Kyla Johansson, is a live blood cell analyst. And so she will actually be able to look at our blood under a microscope and tell us what's going on um, from a far different level than we will do with a regular blood draw. And it's just, it's so fascinating to sort of, you know, peel under the hood and look at things from a different perspective. So what is that? That's really- you that a regular blood test, can't tell you. It's so interesting because you can actually see, I mean, you can see if there's like B12 or folate deficiencies, but you can actually see um, that if the red blood cells are all sticking together, it's called low, that really poor digestion. Sometimes you can see parasites. You can see if, you know, you can actually see radiation damage, like if someone's living on their, you know, phone or like it It actually changes the shelf, shape of our cells. She's even able to see the difference between people that are urban versus rural, because just so much more of the pollution and congestion that's actually clogging and gumping up their their blood.
0: Yeah. And you. I, mean, I think you wrote an article about that in connection mm-hmm. to sleep and how that analysis can help you That's great. what's yep. wrong with your sleep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, very, very good. Any other things that you would love to share before we end our time? Oh Thank my so goodness. Far. I feel like I've shared lots. <laughs> I know. So much good stuff. But...
1: Um, no, but I mean, if anyone does have questions, please feel free to reach out um, I can't offer medical advice on Instagram and Facebook, that kind of thing. It's it's not, I need to know more. I don't want to give a wrong suggestion or something that's going to potentially hurt someone. But yeah, if, if anyone needs suggestions as where to look or, you know, booking appointments or whatever, um, please don't hesitate to, to reach out. But yeah, if, don't be offended if I do say, I'm sorry, I can't help you because I can't offer right. medical advice. So it's just You're that- professional, in other
0: words. <laughs> right. Yeah, I try to be absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Daily Wellness Podcast. We hope that you found it helpful for your own wellness journey. And if so, we'd love for you to leave a review. Then come back and listen for review shout outs on upcoming episodes. For more information, check out the show notes and connect with us on our website, dailywellnesscommunity.com.